Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. High point wrap-up. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Remember, uh, btosports.com. Use the code word Steve and save yourself some big cash on that. And thanks thanks to them for uh, coming on board. As I said, my name is Steve Mathis. With me, a guy who raced on the weekend and a guy who announced on the weekend. So we've got everything covered. Myself, I just ate and watched. But, anyways, uh, Jason Wygant? Yeah, I raced this weekend. It went awesome. Uh, no, you were not the racer. You were the oh. announcer. And Sorry. Jason Thomas, JT, what's up? Yeah, Doc had a great call, and they drew in some nice anecdotes. Little, uh, <laughs> he was pretty intense on the weekend, but um, well, I thought Emig had a off weekend in uh, Lakewood. I thought he rebounded strongly, a la '96 Steel City this weekend. <laughs> I just, last week was Binghamton. Last week was um, last week was Havasu. Oh, wow! <laughs> this, <laughs> this week was was uh, Steel City '96. <laughs> smacking down MC, but uh, anyways, yeah, it was it was a good race. Well, the four fifties were all right, but um, the um, two fifty class has been providing excellent excitement. Um, JT, uh, how's it going, bud? Uh, it's going all right. Um, as far as the weekend, just uh, had to go to that freaking concert again, which was terrible. Um, and then just the motos. I don't know. I, I keep getting terrible starts. It's like a snowball effect where get qualified terrible. Your gate pick is terrible. Then that makes your start terrible. And then my speed is terrible. So I never really get out of that terrible uh, mode all day. Just rough. I don't know. Right. I've been working on it. This well, weekend coming up is my best track. So we have these gas stations out here in Vegas called Terrible Ted's. Maybe you can take your terrible yeah, terrible herbs. Oh yeah. Herbs. I'm not. I can't ever tell if you pronounce the H. Yeah, terrible herbs, not Ted's. So maybe you can take your terribleness and go there. Okay, Um, I'll be there. (laughs) Yeah, rough weekend for you. And big crash today practicing. So thanks for for sticking this out and doing this podcast. Yeah, it's all right. It's it's not anything where I can't talk on the phone. Just can't move very well. (laughs) What a trooper, Wygant, huh? There's been many a rider who has not shown up or not done a scheduled interview because they had a big crash. So it's harder than you think. Yeah. But he's bucking, he's buckling up and talking. It's incredible. This was a legitimate big crash. So this is probably the biggest crash I've had. Man, I don't even know. Years for sure. Hey, good. Uh, why again? I don't know if I wrote this in Racerhead. I meant to, uh, or maybe I wrote it somewhere else or talked about it or God knows what, but is it to you, Jason Wygant, is this Mount Morris or is this High Point? What is this race? Uh, I'm glad you asked, actually. I have an interesting answer on that. On the outside, it always was Mount Morris when I was, you know, yes. going to the race as a fan. 
Um, but when you work in the office, it becomes high point. So now I call it high point, but I really think it's a high point only for internal office use anyway. The official now, name is high point, though. The official name is high point. But nobody calls it high point. Right. The only people that call it high point are those that work for the company that puts the race on. JT, what do you call it? I always called it Mount Morris, but after that little anecdote that we just gave me, it is now high point. Growing up... In the you're, mag- working for the office. you're working in the office now. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You do not want to work in the office. I, I, I work the week a year usually. You do not want to work in that office. I don't know. Well, here's how it works. To see, <laughs> well, you're, you're just really account. hard to get along with. Steve, no, so. I'm not. It's just oh, it's a oh, place where creativity okay. goes to die. I don't know how you could ever type a column <laughs> in that office. Most of the writing takes place after hours. Yes. To give you an idea. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The um, other, here's the reason the other, why. If you live in the in the Morgantown area, you can't say Mount Morris because that just means the town, not the racetrack. So no. then you have to call it High Point to prove you mean the track. Yeah, but, but for anyone who doesn't live in the area, then you just call it Mount Morris. Yeah, but why would you ever say the words Mount Morris? Like, I'm going to Mount Morris to go to the bar? No. Am I going to Mount Morris to, like, when you said Mount Morris, why would you ever go to Mount Morris other than for the race? Yeah, but it's bizarre. No one could, like, why is All it right. Lakewood? Like, oh, last week we were in Lakewood. Like, no one calls it Lakewood. Like, why is it Mount Morris ever? No, I do call it Lakewood. I don't call it Thunder Valley. I call it Lakewood. People call it Colorado. I can't call it Thunder Valley. It's too monster truckish. People just call it Colorado. Texas and Colorado are Texas and Colorado. Hangtown is Hangtown. High Point is Mount Morris. Yeah. How does this happen? Bud's Creek is Bud's Creek. Yeah. Yep. Not Maryland. No. Red Bud, Red Bud. Southwick is Southwick. It's not Massachusetts. Millville, Millville. It could be 338, yeah. though. I hear people call it that. Do you? 330? No. Like locals. Yeah, yeah. the locals? Oh, yeah. A wicked pisser? Oh, you, oh, you guys are out at the, uh, the, the 338 this weekend. The, the track's going to be just wicked out there. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're – yeah, it's weird, huh? You're right. Texas, Colorado, and then the other, na- the other tracks have actual names. Um, well, Freestone, last year Tony Miller actually suggest, uh, said to us, he's like – the name of the track is Freestone. Can you do me a favor? Call it Freestone. Hangtown gets free publicity because everybody calls it Hangtown. But for some reason, you call my track by the state it's in, and I don't make any money off the name of the state, which is a great point. Like, why? It's weird. Yeah. Not only do you call it Freestone, but you proclaim to be Freestone. <laughs> no, I I am Freestone. I That's remember. all I remember. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I only yeah. wish the one ran this weekend. <laughs> I actually wrote, this weekend I actually wrote the one and it didn't run on the show. That is just, I mean, when you say that, how do you keep the cheese from coming out of your microphone? By <laughs> saying, I'll write them for now on. Um, well, growing I up- actually think they're all right, just the I am's a little bit much. Well, yeah, I mean, the it- earliest, when we were t- tinkering with it at the beginning, it was often like, Rick Johnson won on me, and I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work. You know, if if, <laughs> if M.A. said it, I'd get it. And if you said I am English Town, I'd get that. But you ain't no freestyle, you know? I am video wrestling. <laughs> I am that. I am, I am, sec- I am sexy boy. <laughs> uh, no, but for reals, growing up, it was Mount Morris to me because magazines called yeah. it Mount Morris. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, it was always Mount Morris to me, also. I definitely yeah, agree. Oh. Okay. Um, I agree. Well, yeah, but and so, but it's High Point officially, and it's High Point in the office. 
outside of that, I think it's high point with the teams. I do think it's high point with the teams. Really? Yeah. It was, I, the Riders was, definitely say Mount Morris. What's that? Riders say Mount Morris. It was the High Point sure. company sponsored the event originally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. JT, yeah, what, okay. what does your team call it? What do you? What we do you, call it Mount Morris. I think everybody calls it Mount Morris. Oh, see, yeah. I, I ran into a lot of team guys that say High Point. I don't know. Anyways. If you go to the press conferences, they all refer – like last week, everyone said, yeah, next week we're going to Mount Morris, and that's a good track or whatever. They would say Mount Morris, all the riders. Hmm. Well, yeah. se- seven minutes in, and we're still discussing what the track is called. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, okay, I just want to get that out there. I mean, I wrote about it, I talked about it, and, I, uh, you know, I think – this this might be an admission of some lack of brain cells, but I think when I first started as a mechanic – People were calling it High Point, and I'm like, "What's High Point? Is that a new race? Like, what are we? What are you talking about? Like, I didn't know. No. Yes, 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 because I just knew Mount Morris. Like when I first started as a mechanic, that's why I got confused. So, I would I would be afraid to have you work on a bike if that's what you thought. <laughs> well, some people were. Well, okay. Uh, okay, all right. Let's get going. Um, JT, not a good weekend for you. Um, in case you forgot to. Um, in case you forgot your moto scores, I have them here in front of me. Let's let's just uh, yeah. 30, um, 30, 26. Yeah, it wasn't good. Thirty twenty six is not good. That's that's for sure. But um, whatever. I mean, obviously Colorado was terrible. So the second moto wasn't bad. I, I'm just trying to find positives here. I mean, my lap time <laughs> on it to be to be real honest with you, I need about a, a second to a second and a half a lap to be right at the points. So yep. that's just what I've been working on. Right. I mean, I, you know, you have to just break it down and figure out what you got to do, and that's what I need right now. So. Let's, let's, talk, uh, let's talk track prep. I thought that this was the weirdest Mount Morris I've seen in a while. Not dug up deep, not watered like crazy, not that ruddy. Um, ruddy, but not that ruddy. Uh, you agree, JT? Yeah, we were talking about that today. Um, when I say we, myself and Michael Burner and Kyle Chisholm, uh, do you know if there's been like a conscious effort this year to not make the tracks as deep or water them as much before? There has been. Uh, yes, practice. There has, there has been. Okay, yeah, we were we were discussing that because there has to be. You know, we're four races deep or whatever, and we haven't seen one muddy practice yet, like years past. I mean, not one. So, right. Um, yeah, it's you know it. It makes the track okay. It's just as the day goes on, there's no moisture in it, and it gets hard packed immediately. And and uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a little bit different. It, it, uh, what do you think is the reasoning for that? Well, again, do you know? Do you, have you? I mean, I, I just talked to Davey, and yeah. he said we are doing that. But I caught on I, at Freestone, which is only the second race. Sorry, Texas and Texas after Hangtown. Yeah. After the race in California, that we had one in Freestone, and I noticed the riders had the same exact thing both weeks. You know, surprising how dry it is in practice. And I think at Hangtown, people thought, man, if it's just dry here at 9 in the morning, this is going to be awful when the motos begin. But it was better than they expected. So I asked um, a couple people, and they said they've actually redone the schedule just a tiny bit to have more spots to put, like, water down for five minutes than ever could before. Before, it was like you had to flood the track in the morning because that was really the only chance you had. And they're like, here, we think we can do it more evenly across the board. Not quite as wet in the morning, and then more consistent watering throughout the day. And they figured out a lot as far as 
working with the track crews to get them on it quickly. Like, when you only have 10 minutes, you can't be like, hey, get to your water truck. Well, i got to find the keys. Well, where do you want? Like, right. they have to be on it. So it's taken a couple years to really make the five minutes they get between practice really count. But they have that down now, so they're making a conscious effort to not flood the track in the morning. I don't think anyone's ever pumped on going out on a muddy track in the first practice, but it does seem like it has other repercussions. Like, I've heard a couple riders say, and I don't know if that's the case, JT, but it might suck to ride on it at first practice, but does it create extra lines when you mash those ruts down that, that, that wet? Does it work that um, way? I do think it makes it more one-lined, for sure. Um, I just, I, I, we were kind of talking about what they could do to kind of fix the problem of the tracks being really hard pack all day um, yeah. and not really getting the moisture in. And what happens is when they don't get the moisture, they don't water it a lot, then you can't dip. When you go to disc it, like, they, you know, they disc it great, and, and that's all well and good, but their dirt is so hard that you can't disc it deep. So um, it gets hard packed straight away, and then, you know, there's there's just no line, no line formation really because you can't form a rut. So um, I think that if they would go back to, like, maybe in the first five minutes that we have free practice, of putting like hay bales out just for a minute and do stuff like they used to uh, before we had all this time practice stuff. I think that would that would help a lot. I, I know it's a lot to ask to have a hay bale out for just one or two laps and then rip them back, but I think little stuff like that would help the racing quite a bit. You, you saw is there like an uh, advantage. Uh, sorry, is there an advantage to not having it all super muddy in the first practice, or are you saying, hey, we'll take that if that means more lines later? I think that the the unseated first 450 practice has a little bit of an advantage now where they used to have a disadvantage. Uh, They used to kind of be the track clearing crew pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they were also trying to qualify. So really it was unfair for them. Whereas now the track is almost primo that first time they go out. So they almost have the best track of the day. Um, That's really the only advantage, disadvantage type thing I've seen. Um, but really, more with the lines and the the sec, you know the way the track forms and shapes and the and the dirt is is kind of well, a definite difference this year. I thought that the 450 racing was incredibly boring for the most part, and I didn't know if the track had anything to do with it. I'm not sure, um, but I thought it was. I mean, Mike gave us a little bit of a show, and of course, there's racing going on in the pack and and all that. But overall, I'd, it was pretty much a snooze fest. So. Um, yeah, I, just I don't, don't think you can blame that one on the yeah, track. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm looking for answers. So yeah, well, I, do know I think that, when um, you look at the tracks, um, have you ever seen a year where there? And I, and I know I was a big part of this problem. But have you ever seen a track uh, or any situation like with the lappers ooh. this year as you have previous years? Good point. Where the, where the leaders can't get by, they're trying. The, the lappers aren't, you know, we're not trying to do anything wrong. We're just in the line. But there's only one line, so what are you going to do? You know? Right. Oh. Yeah. But I think that's a direct correlation this year where we've never really seen that out there before. JT that's a great just, point. JT just knocks it out of the park on this podcast. With that's good. <laughs> I just uh, want to make it clear that it, it's not a difference in prep. Um, I don't know where this comes from, this idea of TV determines the track because it makes for a better rate. Like, I'm telling you, the people that are involved with TV have no clue how to prep a motocross track. They probably have no idea that that would even make an impact. Like, no one at the NBC headquarters in Manhattan is like, keep that thing dry. <laughs> like, My, you mean Michael Eisner isn't, isn't ordering down? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there's no correlation there. I think they just thought, hey, 
if we could not have a muddy track in the first set of practices, that would be a good thing, right? And maybe it's not, but that was the that was the motivator. Maybe right. it hasn't worked out. You guys can't even get the gate at the drop of the gate, correct? Yeah, exactly. What do we know about prepping tracks? Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. So, all right, Stewart didn't came out, rode fit, got fifth, and definitely off the pace. Probably not going to be there this weekend, I would think. Says he's going to be at Red Bud. I, I texted with him yesterday. Um, so my theory that this is a little more serious injury, maybe he's not correct because he claims it's okay, and his camp says it's okay. So let's just hope he gets back ASAP. So um, I want to focus on Dungy and Alessi. The the one thing I noticed, JT, did you watch the race? Yes, I did. I watched it a few it, times. Actually, it, it looked like it looked like Alessi's a hundred percent was Ryan Dungey's 80%. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless he could run with him and run that pace, but I had it just looked like he was a little a little sketchy where Dunge was just a machine. Like, go ahead, go on, take your X-Brand frames and Moto Concept strap and go on. I'll be here. Yeah, my um, kind of summation of it was that I didn't feel like Ryan had the sense of urgency when when James is out there in 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just felt like he knew that over a course of 35 minutes, he was going to get Mike, and he was going to pass him, and, and he was going to win. Where when James is out there, it's like, I have got to go to the front right now. You know right. what I mean? They're like, I've got to get there, or this guy's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't see that from him. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm sure he would much rather race that way. You know, that was uh, the Ryan Dungeon we saw all of 2010. Mm-hmm. is, okay, just get, in, get get a decent start, put some laps in, get in the flow, and then, you know, I'm just going to go to the front, and I'll, I'm stronger, I'm better, I'll pull away from these guys. Right. right. And if, if James isn't out there, I just feel like you're going to see that the rest of the summer. It's just going to be a replay of that. I, so. hope, I, I think James is coming back. I hope he is. We need him. But, why well, again, um, Alessi, this is sort of shades of 2009 or 8, whenever James raced. I mean, <laughs> he's just, there's no give. He's going to race. He's going to do everything yeah. he can, every lap. <laughs> Forget. Forget what he said at that race at uh, the, in the state of Texas where he said, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to run my pace, and if I can't keep up with James and Ryan, you know, I'll get third, but I'm going to make sure first I get through all the motos because trying to – I made that mistake before riding over my head to go after them, and I don't even make it to the end of the year. Well, sure, it looks like he's abandoned that strategy. I mean, it looked like he was, like you said, doing everything he could to try to win that race. Yes, yes, I agree. I thought he was... But uh, I, I, I feel like he, that was his pace, though. I really, I really felt like he had more speed than Dungey did at the beginning. I don't feel like he was riding over his head, like, panicking to get to the front. I just feel like he was kind of like, all right, well, if you're not going to go, I'm going. You know what I mean? So, second moto, for sure. He doesn't second have moto, He almost yeah, got held yeah, up. Like, he I went agree. Right the back I agree, of him. yep. I just haven't I haven't seen any huge mistakes where I'm like, holy crap, this guy's gonna this guy better slow down or he's gonna you know what I mean? I just yeah. feel like he's, that's his pace. I don't if know. If Sanji can't I, beat him then whatever. I saw him get sideways a couple of times, I saw him spin out, you know, and like what he does and all the racers do it, but definitely I noticed with Michael Lessie, when he makes a mistake, he just grabs a whole lot more throttle right after he straightens himself out. That's his move. Well <laughs> that's true, but but to his point of what he said about he's not gonna get crazy when he made that huge mistake going uh, doubling into the turn mm-hmm. when Dungey passed him, he totally corrected himself and then gave Dungey the line. Like, okay, my, my speed is, you know, I'm pushing the edge right here to stay in front of you. I'm going to crash if I keep it up. Go ahead. 
But that's like what I'm totally saying. Moved out, of, moved out of the race line. I'm saying he's pushing the edge. He's he's. That's what my point was. Right, but when he once he realized he was on the edge, he went. Oh. He moved over. I mean, he totally could have stopped and went inside right, and right. jumped out of the race line, went outside and let right. Ryan have it. Right. So yeah, I don't. I, I feel like maybe you're correct. Like he gets caught up in the heat of the moment a little bit, but he definitely made a concerted effort to, you know, not yeah. push not push the envelope past you know what he had, and then yeah. that was it. So can anybody run with Ryan Dungey? Why can't? I mean, if if besides James Stewart, it's kind of scary because obviously everyone's just flashing back to 2010. But I did think about in 2010. I think uh, Andrew Short won a moto at Bud's Creek, didn't he? Yeah, and I yeah, he, yeah yep. he won a moto at Bud's Creek, and then we had that unbelievable battle at um, Red Bud, yeah, uh, with Townley and and um, and Chad in there. So it's almost like we're even ahead of that. Like, I don't think we were seeing Dungey being this unbeatable that early. It's almost worse. Right. How can that be? Yeah. But uh, I don't I, – I can't come up with a name that would that, – besides James Stewart. Metcalf at Southwick, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe? That's yeah. a long I think way away, though. You do, have the, you do have the general, you know, however many motos we have left, you know, he's going to have a bad moto or two here and there. You know, it even right. happened in, in 2010. Wyndham got an overall steel city because Dungey actually crashed early in the first mm-hmm. moto. Like, you know, he might give up a moto win here and there just because he has a mistake. Right. But somebody just beating him, that seems hard hard to believe right now. Is uh, He was this weekend, but JT is Alessi breaking away from those guys? Weimer, Metcalf, Shorty, Millsaps. Is, is Alessi on another level? Um, kind of to answer your question about, do I, you know, with running with Dungey, I feel like, and, um, you know, this was kind of listening to Chad talk about it a little bit. Um, Mike gained a lot of confidence this weekend, I think. Um, he led, you know, I think over halfway, both motos. And, uh, I think if he can, you know, take confidence from this race and just slowly, try to make up the difference and he keeps hole shotting like that, it's going to happen. You know, Ryan's not going to be right there on the start every time. And if Mike can, can build off of this weekend, I could foresee him winning a moto, no problem. You know, say, say Ryan um, got a bad start and was 20th this weekend and Mike rode the same way, Mike would have won. So uh, it, it's definitely conceivable. And I, I, you know, he's obviously the, the favorite to win a moto at this point after watching this weekend. What do you think, Logan? Yeah, I think so. He had a little bit of a rough one there at Colorado as far as, you know, bad start for him and then even a crash in a moto, which made it seem like, okay, maybe. And he got caught and passed by Metcalf in, in Lakewood. Yeah, that's right, for third in a moto. That's yeah. right, beat, beat straight up for that one. So I thought everybody was coming back to him after he got a solid third in the first two rounds. But if anything, he was further away, I thought, from those guys here than yeah. he even was at the first two where he's on the podium. You know, first motor of the year, even at Hangtown, he was almost a non-factor. So, if anything, he's gotten better. The starts, like, like, the starts are creeping back in. What, what, how do we address his bike situation? I mean, is this really exceptional, what he's doing? Like, I had a battle on Twitter last week where it's like, you shouldn't be calling him a privateer. He's not a privateer. And I'm like, well, how is he not a privateer? They'll ask the oh, team. God, That's the most, yeah. They're the most adamant, we do not get support team out there. So... Where is he as far as equipment goes? Is this phenomenal what he's doing? You can't, yeah, you can't. Uh, the privateer word is the fans are disconnected from what it really is in the paddock. You know what I mean? They, they don't get it. They're not. 
Yeah. Yeah. But um, JT, what do you think? How much credit does Mike deserve for doing this on that bike? MB1 suspension, Varner motor, FMF exhaust. And how much credit does, uh, does Mike get extra? Well, I'm going to reference my Supercross season preview uh, prediction. Here we, here we go. Where I, yeah, I proclaimed that I was a believer in their program and uh, I knew that their bike was pretty good and I've worked with the people that are building his bike and I honestly think that his bike's pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a factory bike, you know. Right. Um, there's things he's just not going to get, but uh, if you can get a bike that you're confident confident in and have, you know, you have the horsepower you need, obviously he has that for the starts and he's mm-hmm. probably the the most prolific starter in the history of the sport. Um, I'm sure Jeff Emig might argue that a little bit, but it's oh. hard to hard to say he's not. He didn't have a nickname, a whole shot. There one, well, there was a man with a nickname, a whole shot. Yeah, I, man, if you can if you can argue that you're a better starter than Michael Essie is, then right. you know that, that's saying something. So, um, I, obviously, his bike isn't 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 far off. And I've I've spoke with Tony as you know, recently as this morning about oh, ideas to try and how they can make the bike better. And, and, uh, so they're not, they're not complacent. I can promise you that they, they're hungry for more. They want to make the bike better. They want to, um, you know, they want to win. They're, they're not messing around here. So, you know, it's, it's cool to, for me to even have a part of it and be discussing stuff like that with them because I can appreciate the effort they put in They're You know, obviously they have Mike Genova's, uh, resources behind them, but I mean, they're doing it on their own. They don't have a bunch of engineers designing parts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, is this, uh, uh Weege, is this where we talk about the Wesson Pike Gavin Faith scoring dispute? And then JT brings up his mom was one of the scores 15 minutes into the conversation. Uh, I feel I, like the, the thing about talking to Tony this morning, he's trying to squeeze that by us. <laughs> I feel like. He just tried to drop that without us really knowing, you know. I, I, I was I was really impressed by that, but then again, he is flexing his muscles. Of I told you at the beginning of Supercross that I had insider info, so right. I guess he did warn us. That was his bomb, information what you, bomb. What are you coming. talking to Tony about, JT? The universe talking about bike stuff. They both right talking about Yuki. bike stuff. Okay, all right. Back off. Yeah, I mean, just uh, he asked. You know, he just we're just he was just bouncing ideas off of me. That's all. I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of different things. I've tried a lot of different things, and I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm on. You know, I'm. I like supporting him. I like trying to help him. I want to see him do good because I see how much they put into it. You know what I mean? It's right. tough going against these teams, and you know, if if Roger wants to change something on the KTM, he just goes and and machines it. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's hard to compete against that. So, uh, wow, look at why again? Are you listening to this? Yeah, it makes you wonder what what could Michael Essie do if he was on a team like, say, Roger DeCoster's KTM team. <laughs> yeah, imagine that, or maybe <laughs> Mike Webb Suzuki team or something. Oh, can you imagine? Um, hey, I uh, just feel like that's not getting enough play because unless he's a big name, I think it almost makes people forget that this is really an impressive story. What this team is doing. I wrote about his bike. Uh, yeah, I, I I did a few things on his bike. I talked about yeah, it. Right. Um, hey, JT, when you guys are in that rec room where where Chad has his uh, Yamaha Troy Championship bike. And you guys yep. are just all shooting the shit after they get done bagging on you. What is what is uh, Michael Byrne, Chad Reed, and you guys? What's the consensus on Ryan Dungey's bike? Because I know a top rider uh, who's out with injury right now who does not think it looks good. 
Yeah, I've heard some. I've heard some stuff similar to that. Um. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. I've heard. I, I can. I can uh, second the consensus that you've heard. Yeah, you just there's. there's I don't want to get myself in trouble here. <laughs> no, but yeah. So there's some room for improvement in some people's eyes on that machine. Yeah, I, I don't think that they they feel like it's reached its peak right. potential yet. Okay. All right. Um. Hey, good to see Ryan Sipes this weekend do well. Have you seen his hand? Yeah. What? I haven't. I haven't. What I is up with his? Right? What is up with his hand? Why is there a massive? I would say kiwi-sized lump in it. <laughs> no. Like, is it just like scar tissue, calcium deposit? What is that? I don't know. He showed me this weekend, and I'm like, that's disgusting. How does he fit a glove yeah. over it? I don't know. Yeah, he showed me. He, you know the um, the fun size like Milky Way bars that you get for Halloween. Are those the he big basically ones? Or one the, of them. Uh, big ones or hand. little ones? Little ones. The small ones. Yeah. But they're still, you know, maybe two bites. In maybe. my, in my world, the, full, the, the normal one is fun size, and then you have the oh. giant size. The king size is actually fun size for you because yeah. that's the most fun. That's the most fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, but good to see him do well this weekend. Brock Tickle has been a surprise. There's no doubt Brock Tickle is surpassing my expectations. Why again? I, I'm, I'm impressed. Better than Supercross, for sure. Yes. Maybe if you could erase all the Supercross from your memory, you might say, okay, this is maybe where we're expecting it to be, but it happened. He's definitely closer or battling with guys. There was never a point where he could battle with Weimer in Supercross, was there? No. 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 But there's been a few motos, even one just last week where he was, so definitely a step forward. Yeah. No, good for him. And uh, JT Burner's getting better. Good to see. He is, yeah. He's, uh, he's a working man. It's tough. When you sit out for five months and then have to just rejoin the circus, so mm-hmm. he's been working hard. Even you know at the beginning, like you know after the after the first weekend, we you went know, like eighteen twenty two or something. It was hard to not just be like, man, what am I doing? You know what I mean? So he's just uh, kept his head down, and obviously things are coming around for him. And yeah. you forget that that guy was, you know, a top five every time every outdoor guy, and right. you know getting seconds and thirds at sometimes. So it's the same guy. Just, you know, got to build that momentum and get back to that point. Well, again, he was your rider to watch on TV. And that was not Emig's suggestion. What? Um, yeah, it was yeah. not Emig. Well, it's pretty simple. We try to get guys who, I mean, you're not going to pick the guys who are going to win because you're probably going to watch him quite a bit. Um, well, so it's like guys who have been coming on strong. He had gone, what, eighth overall last week at Colorado? So, um and then you, I, I threw that in. You profile eleven ten mods shop. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Did you watch that part? There was a really key quote, a prolific um, prediction almost by Alex Martin in no, that I, piece where he says we might not be the most organized team. <laughs> Did he say that? okay? <laughs> but on the track, we don't feel that we're at a disadvantage. Right. Smash cut to high point. Filthy Phil Nicoletti trying to race and not being signed up. Yeah. I also heard that in a panic when they found out he wasn't on the pre-entry list, like I think some a friend of theirs was like, hey, I'm looking at the pre-entry list. Why isn't Nicoletti on it? And they were like, oh, my God. So I heard they called Jeff Canfield from MX Sports. I don't know if this is Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. And he's like, you need to show up at 7 a.m. sharp at the track and we'll iron this out. And they showed up at like 7.45. Really? 
That's what I heard. Uh, and they were like, all right, you're done. Wow. <laughs> I know that uh, Nick Way wasn't entered for some supercrosses when he wrote for JLR Racing. Also some disorganization uh, <laughs> going, on, going on over there. Uh, and he had to enter the morning of the races. They were letting him enter, you know, the morning of the races. And, uh, you know, imagine that. There was, things were seemed to be falling apart there, too. But, th- of course, like, Alex Martin has signed up, but not Nicoletti. Just, nope. <laughs> Just, and he was signed up for the first three rounds. How does that happen? I don't know. Poor, poor because there's, there's limits on credit cards. <laughs> that's how it happens. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm being serious. I know no, from yeah. personal experience sure. that's how it happens. You know what I mean? You, wow. You have, a, you have three or four grand left on your credit card for the month, and you fill out, you know, they have, what, three guys or something over there? Yeah. Two yep. or three. And you don't get charged your credit card, I think, until the, mo- the week of the national. So you could be ra- – I don't think it's all at once, is it, JT? I think it's no, like- they, they charge it all at once. Oh, they do? If you sign, oh. However many you sign up for, they charge you right then. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I like to see the piece, though, on 1110. I like to see Michael Byrne being route of the week. I like to see all these janky, jerky things getting featured, getting TV time. I like it. I hope the Supercross guys are watching it and paying attention. Because that's what hey, if you if you do. replay it or if you watch the race, which I'm sure you've watched it enough at this point already. But during his one to watch segment, where they're actually talking to him in our truck, yeah, you're walking. I totally yeah. cruise by and check out my bike, even though there's nothing to check out on it, <laughs> and just just to get a little TV time, I walk, walk <laughs> over and kind of grab my throttle and then cruise back over. <laughs> I saw that, I did, I, but I didn't know if it was if you actually had nothing to do. <laughs> that was 100 percent intentional. That's awesome. Shameless. No doubt, no doubt. I think you predicted you were going to get involved. I told you guys. Oh, I told you, yeah, I, just, I knew my qualifying. Yeah. I couldn't even see him. He was so far to the left of me on the starting oh. gate. <laughs> so I had to get in there somehow. <laughs> um, but no, good good job on the TV coverage. I like that. That's good. Um, it's. It, I think we need that. We need to get everybody excited about it, you know? I think there's been a lot of, uh, I don't know if it's, it's an intentional or not, but there's been a lot of random showing of like lap riders. I almost feel like it's a mistake. Like they don't know where the leader is, they don't know what they're looking for. So, oh, here you go. There's a here's a three digit guy. Let's just put him on TV, and then they finally no, find the riders they're looking for. That's totally on purpose. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. That's not a mistake at all. No one's no f bombs are dropping when that happens. Uh, <laughs> if Jenny Mikhailov is back. And scored two points this weekend. I believe he got scored two. He scored three points at uh, Lakewood. So Crayer meets slowly taking over. Hey, I looked at his bike. I didn't see Crayor on it. Yeah, me too. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, he still has the cue ball, cue ball helmet. I know. Like I got him gear last year, a gear sponsorship from Fly, like five sets of gear. I got him graphics for his bike because he had stock Suzuki graphics, and I got him X brand goggles. And then this year, they only asked for help with the gear again. So I put them on to Max, the fly racing guy, and left it at that. And then I saw that this weekend he was wearing a pair of Michael Lessie signature goggles from last year. So I don't know if, if Jenny needs some goggles or if he's happy with the year-old X brands. Don't really know. But then he was wearing Oakley's, another moto. So he's not real picky. He's just happy. He that tries we- hard. He tries hard. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's just happy they have uh, lenses in them, I guess. And they're not. And the have you talked? You talk to him quite a bit. No, no, his English isn't very good. Oh really? Pretty uh, nice guy though, or what? Um, his English isn't very good. I don't know. He could be swearing. <laughs> he could be swearing at me. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, Matt Lemoyne. Tony will hit him up for some Suzuki. 
<laughs> Set up tips. <laughs> well, on the sheets, he's from Red Bluff, California. Oh, no, wait. No, he's, no, he's not. No, he's from Russia, are you? Russia, they Russia. They don't, yeah, he's from Russia, Russia. Didn't we go through this last year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no cities in foreign countries. Yeah, there's just countries. That's it. Um, oh, yeah, South Africa, South Africa for Swanepoel. Oh, Ken Roxon's from Germany, U.S. Whoa. Yeah. I believe that's a small town in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone could look at these sheets and have a real field day with these things. Um, anyways. I, if you didn't know any better, though, if you just met Ken Roxon at, like, Subway, you probably wouldn't know he's not from the U.S., though. Um, I think you His would. English is really good. It is. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you've been to Germany. You've been. You spent a lot of time there, as, as I have. His English is really good. Yeah. No, it is. You're right. He, he does well with it. Um, anything else on the 450s? Uh, Matt Lemoyne got a uh, rode well, but then uh, crashed hard when he was in ninth. He would have had a good day. Uh, Nick Way. Nick's Nick's struggling, huh? JT. Like, just hard to jump in, like like you said with Burner. Yeah, we had a, a lengthy conversation <clears throat> after the race Saturday on the phone and cause we were just both kind of like, what are we doing out there? You know, what, what oh, happened? Two veterans What's of the sport on? calling each other. I like yeah, that. Just, uh, <laughs> just brainstorming. Like, what do we do? I lost my fastball. Like, what about you? <laughs> so yeah, just like, I don't know. We're kind of discussing what, you know, what they're doing out there, what we're not doing. How can we fix it? How, you know, there's a lot of things we're just trying to figure out basically. So, I don't know. You know, me and Nick have been friends for a long time, and I certainly, from where I'm at, can understand how he felt out there. So, right, I'm sure he'll, he'll figure it out. He's been doing it a long time. Yeah, yeah. Was he bummed? He was probably pretty bummed on his deal. Yeah, he was. I mean, it's 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 hard when you sit out a few weeks and come back, and you know, expect to yeah. be right with you know the best guys. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, know. I'm sure it was a little wake up call. I didn't have high hopes for Nick doing super well, but I also didn't have him racing four motos and not getting points in any of them. Right? He didn't get uh, points. I think he got points at the first, in the first moto. I think he went like 1936. When? This weekend? At, um, or in Lakewood? At Hangtown. Or Hangtown. Okay. Yeah, yeah Hangtown. Yeah. All right. Well, not getting points in three out of the four motos. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, that's never been him ever. No, so. no. He's, he's a solid pro, you know? Um, yeah, it's just so much speed-based right now. It's crazy how much more... Your over your just sprint speed is is a factor now. It's never been as as important as right now. You what does that mean? Yeah. What does that? What do you mean? Like before you, the guys just guys aren't getting motors? tired. Guys are are sprinting for yeah. twenty minutes, but then their drop off is not not much at all. Where you know five to ten years ago, the, the sprint wasn't as intense. It was more of a GP style where everybody was kind of settling in, trying to figure it out, not do anything stupid. And then the strong guys kind of took over at the end. Now it's this rat race where everyone is just bouncing off each other and just riding over their heads. And then everyone's in pretty good shape. So just uh, the whole racing strategy, in my opinion, has, has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. More like 250 class? More like, um, it's yes, well, all those kids moved up, you know, over a lot of them anyway have moved up. So they brought that, that strategy or whatever you want to call it with them. 
Um, but I think it's it's more like how you saw, you know, the the way that like Kenny and those guys are talking about the difference in the GPS to the nationals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's that's the same exact thing that's happened. It's just for the old guys, it's the same thing. Like we never grew up like that, so it's a totally different deal for us too. Hey, getting off topic a little bit. Um, did you guys read Racerhead that I wrote this week? Did anybody read it anymore? Anybody care? Uh, I did. I don't think I did this week. No. I I, I didn't I, have service. I was at the track all day, and I didn't have service. So. I petitioned Davey to put the wall berm back. The 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 board berm. I like that thing. Yeah, um, the reason that's gone, this goes back to the shudder to say this, Steve Whitelock days. Oh, well, fuck. If anything he did, do the opposite. Like, seriously, yeah. they should just go with, like, okay, Whitelock made this change, switch it back. Supercross class, Supercross White class, still there. Uh, yeah, well, yep. don't get me started. Um, yeah, um, I believe <clears throat> um, you're not allowed to have the track go across the starting line anymore because that would cause ruts that would be dangerous and cause a first-turn crash. Really? That was they the reason I had to take that anyway. out. Yeah, they prep the start. They fix it every time anyway, though. I'm, I'm not saying it makes sense. Just like <laughs> Supercross class. I'm just telling you, this is where this came from. That guy was... The- I definitely... I, I think that was cool, though. Going back across and then back across, that, that section was way cooler than what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And... White Lock was an idiot. Like, I hope he listens to this or his family does or somebody listens to this and tells him, hey, this guy on the podcast said you're an idiot because then he calls me and then I can say, hey, Steve, you're an idiot. <laughs> the only, the only like, real situation I ever had with him where I had to deal with him professionally was uh, in 2007 when they – Took my points away from Phoenix. They said my specific gravity of my fuel was too right. high or too low, which I don't know what specific gravity is, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> I, I had to, I had to. Teach. He was the one that called me on the phone to inform me that I was being disqualified for potential cheating. And uh, just, just the whole way he handled it, I was like, "But listen, you know, Mister Whitelock, I don't know what specific gravity is. I just." gave VP my visa number, and they handed me this can that they handed to everyone here, right. and I poured that in my bike. Right. And then it, it turned into a situation where the AMA and VP were kind of battling over yeah, it was a, pushing the envelope and all kinds of stuff, but it's a nightmare. I don't know. Just the way he handled it wasn't that great. He didn't have any answers for me. He couldn't, you know. I, I was just like, listen, you, you know the situation. I'm just a privateer guy out there trying to race, like. You're going to take my, my purse away, my points away, everything, and disqualify me, and then put in every publication that I've been disqualified for cheating? Like, that's that's the, the move you're going to take? He's like, yes, that's what we're doing. I'm like, wow. I tried to ask yeah. him about the provisionals once and got yelled at. I tried to ask him where I should park a car once and got yelled at. Uh, I heard him over. I heard him tell Ryan Villapoto that he hopes that no effing foreigner wins the title when he was battling with Ben Townley. <laughs> and I also heard him tell Alan. I've heard things like that before, And I also yeah. heard him told Alan Brown that uh, he can take his effing team and get the F out of the, tr- out of the pits if he doesn't like his answer. So, yeah. Wasn't he the, the head of, like, Honda Europe at one point? Yeah, he was. Thor, <laughs> Thor, <laughs> nice, Thor nice foreign relations he's got there. I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to get – let's – 
get off that topic. Um, the billboard turn was awesome. It was awesome. No doubt. Yeah, it was awesome. Nobody it was sl- cool. Yeah, it's a little dangerous having a, tur- a wooden turn, but it was well, cool. A little dangerous having 40 guys on motorcycles racing around a track with four yeah, jumps. Tell me about it. I just bailed off one earlier. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Let's go to 250 class, shall we? Anybody? Any objections? Good. All good. Okay. So, Tomac, Barsha, Rocks, and Baggett. Uh, Jesus, like, how do you pick one, right? Like, Tomac's won two races. Um, Baggett's incredible at Hangtown. Roxon should have won the second moto. Let's deal with Roxon first. It's got to be a little frustrating for him. Like, last weekend he was second, and then the lapper kind of held him up, and then we had the Barsha incident where he fell over. This week he had a double-digit second lead in the second moto, washed a front end, and Tomac caught and passed him. Like, out of those four... I think Ken Roxon has the most to worry about. You agree, Wygant? Yeah, but I got to go off on a little rant here. See, why? I don't understand why. Like, as far as I'm concerned, and I probably even said this on here before. As far as I'm concerned, Roxon is doing fine. Yes, yeah, yes, I, yes, yes. I don't understand why. It's like it's like a crisis in the minds of most. Like, what is wrong? Why isn't he winning? What is the problem? Uh, or if you really want to get, you know, if you're super Steve Whitelock style, anti F and foreigner, apparently, um, you're like, now there's the euros are seeing what it's like over here. The dude has gotten on the podium in every race so far. Yep. He's right there in the points. And I mentioned this a thousand times this weekend. How many wins did Dean Wilson have at this point last year? He's doing fine. He's 18 years old uh, or whatever. No, no, I know. I I'm saying as a, as a, those four are so close. And no, 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 I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. He's Ken could win the title moved. as much as any one of the other three jerkies. But I do feel like after the first few, you would maybe think that it's like three and a half or something like that. Well, but, I just he's just given a why, who Who thinks it's a crisis? That's what I would want to know. Who, like, when you say everyone thinks it's this crisis, like, are you talking about his team or 
other riders. No, no, I don't think the people around him are on his team. But I will say that, um, for example, for example, okay, you heard a lot of talk about the intensity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a rider who won many, many titles and races. That was uh, that. I can't say who it is, but his theory, Timmy? for example, is the Timmy? problem with Roxon is that he is so pumped to be in the United States that he's not mad enough about not winning. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's what you would say about a guy getting smoked. He's right there. He's right there. How can you say, like, he's got a huge problem, he's lazy and complacent, and he's loving living in the U.S. and doesn't want to win bad enough? And that's why he's almost winning a bunch of motos but coming up just short? He does like, like Chipotle. He really likes Chipotle. I mean, I've heard a lot of theories as to what's wrong, and I'm like, there isn't anything wrong. He's right there. Like he. Then I was talking to our good buddy Steve Cox this weekend, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, man, he's got to be so mad about not winning. And I'm like, but I don't get it. Why does it – he was supposed to win all four races right off the bat. He's like, well, he's the MX2 world champ. And I'm like, oh, so we just assume that that makes him a level above Blake Baggett? Like we figure he's way, way better than Baggett and he shouldn't be getting beat by him or at least running with him? I'm really upset about this. I don't get it. Do you guys want my opinion? Yeah. And, and we're going we're gonna to find out. It's going to come – it's all going to come around, and you're going to find out if I'm right or wrong. But I honestly feel that he – his main problem, not that he has a problem, but if you want to nitpick and find a problem, is that he's never ridden any of these tracks before. He's never seen them. Other than TV, he's never ridden them. He doesn't know where the lines form. He doesn't know anything about them. So it's the same thing Dean Wilson faced his first year. Don't know any of the tracks. It's every track you get, you know, two two fifteen minute practices, which is nothing compared to what you're used to in Europe. But you have just hours of practice before you race on it. Yeah. When he gets, especially next year, I, I think he's picking it up really well for compared to who he's racing against, who have all raced these tracks. Come around next year when he comes back to these tracks. I, <laughs> It's going to be on. I mean, not that it's not on already. He should have won the second moto this weekend, but I, I, I really feel like that no one's talking about that, and that's a huge issue that you have yeah. to learn the track so quickly and then just be ready to be faster than anybody in the world on it within 30 minutes. I mean, that's well, a tall, um, tall task. Tyler Rattray credited the second year when he, he – you know, remember Tyler Rattray came over and wasn't very good. He was all right. Right. Wasn't very good. He definitely credited – uh, knowing the schedule of the tracks as the reason why he was so much better that second year. Boom. Well, okay, I don't know if that's worth a boom, but yeah. Yeah, it is. It's worth a boom. I feel like that was a valid point. Because I haven't heard that from really anyone this year when you talk about Roxon and all I've heard is, oh, he's, you know, I thought he was going to kill everyone. He's not as good as everybody thought, blah, blah, blah. Those effing foreigners. Yeah. Yeah. That's I really feel that. like okay, there we go. Took if you, if you took the other three the thing. and you guys went over to Bulgaria next weekend, I think you would see a different Kenny Roxon or wherever you want to put him. It's just it's it's a learn. There's a learning curve. I, I really feel that. And he's not getting smoked. He's right there. Like absolutely, easily could have won an overall or two and could still win the title. Like this is not that bad. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. Is who is saying there's a crisis? I don't think there's a crisis at all. He's right there every time. Well, you haven't seen one moto where he's just like thirty seconds back, just like where you know what I mean. Like well, his, there hasn't even been that moment his, yet. His first moto this weekend, what might have been his worst one? Yeah, that was not. Good. That was the first one that was like that. Yeah, but well, no, yeah. JT, why can't saying that people are saying that, and then you said that people are saying what's going on with him? Those are the same people. 
You too. That's what I'm saying. Right, yeah. right. We're I'm both. just saying, like, you you hear it from fans, and I hear it from my my friends in Europe are emailing me asking, what's going on over there? What is he doing? <laughs> you know, because I think they expected him to come over and, and dominate just because I they don't understand seen that. That, that rocks and over there. That's the, the rocks they saw over there. So The Germans are not happy with the lack of domination. Well, you have to understand, Germany... Germany hasn't had a world contender rider in a long time, not since Ted Byer. So Kenny's kind of their great white hope, not to, you know, make it, you know, any kind of Nazi <laughs> religion or anything, but <laughs> he really is. I mean, that's that's the, the guy they've been waiting for for years that can take on the world stage. They haven't had that in a really long time. So he's, uh, every race, they're, they're living and dying with him. He's our Dusty Clot. So how that went. We saw how that went. Which could be Colton Pesciotti, but he, yeah, he just stayed up there. All right. Um, well, that's, yeah, I'm, when I'm saying, I'm saying if I'm, if I'm a president of the Ken Roxon fan club and the president of the Baggett fan club and the Barsha fan club and the Tomac fan club and we're all drinking beers, I feel like the biggest loser. That's all. I just feel like. What is the point situation? Is, is Roxon fourth? Yes. Roxon is fourth. Okay. Um, but he, get this, he's over 50 points ahead of Musquin already. 50 points. What's the difference between first and fourth? Well. Anybody know? Yeah, I have it here. It's uh, 19, 17? No, yeah, it's 18. No, it's 18. 17. 17. 17. That's a pretty tight, yeah, that's a pretty tight margin from first to fourth. Yep. If you right had there. to go. Totally right there. Uh, if you had to pick it right now, because that's what we do on this kind of stuff, who's winning the title? Pick it right now, JT. I picked Baggett beginning of the year, and I'll stick with it. Uh, I picked Baggett, too. Well, I, I picked Barsha at the beginning of the year, but based on what I've seen so far, I would I would say Baggett. Hey, I, I asked this question last night on a pulp show. Did Eli Tomac grow two or three feet, <laughs> like, in the last two year? Two or three feet. I don't know. I do so, think he's pretty tall, though. I he, never realized he was that tall. Thank you. Like, I'm not saying since Supercross, like, since January when we first saw him. He grew. He like, since last year or something, yes, right? Yes, exactly. He's a big dude yeah. now. He really yeah, throws that bike around. Tall. Yeah, he throws that bike around pretty good. A uh, little anecdote. At Colorado, obviously, I wasn't racing, but I was standing in the same area as his dad. His dad, did you, did you hear about his dad? His dad used to race mountain bikes. He's gnarly. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. But seriously, that's, like, he's the nicest guy, he, I, yeah. like, ever. I mean that guy has for obviously for his famous and incredibly you know talented and all the accolades and everything. That guy has no ego and is the coolest guy ever. Like I couldn't oh, believe yeah. it. I, I walked up to him as a total fan and just wanted to introduce myself, and oh, you, he couldn't have been any nicer. And we watched all the motos together. He was super cool. You never met so him I before. Wanted, You'd never met. No, him I never met. Oh. No, I never met him before. So yeah, I wanted to throw that know, out there. If anybody is a Eli Tomac fan. To be, to be known, his dad is a super cool guy, too. I, I hung out with his parents at Bercy first time, and then I got to know him a little bit this year. I didn't know him that well. Yeah, he's a, he's an awesome guy. He just makes me feel, like, so inadequate in every way, though. Like, I'm just like... Yeah, but he he just... Uh, he, I don't know, man. As, as awesome as he was, because I when I was younger, I used to uh, live and train with this pro mountain bike guy, so I would always hear about, you know, these people I didn't know anything about, Tomac and Tinker Juarez and all these guys. So it was just like this famous person I'd never never right. met before, and I, right. you know, people like that 
have no reason to be nice to me. He could have just been like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, trying to trying to watch my kid here or whatever, blow me off. Right. He just totally was the opposite way, and pretty cool. I was pumped. Uh, I had somebody tell me, Anthony Paggio from Oakley, tell me that he feels like the media hasn't focused and done enough stuff on John. I almost I almost ah. kicked him in the nuts. I said, Padge, I don't know what you're reading or what you what you follow every week, but trust me, like John and and, and I'm not knock, knocking John Tomac. He's gnarly. He's he's incredible. His accomplishments are awesome. The John Tomac saga has been written in the industry. Like we've done it. And he's like, I don't I know, do. dude. I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like people don't know how gnarly he was. And I'm just like, oh god. Well, I I do think that they're. It could be a little bit more uh, put out there. How crazy it is that you've got one of the the best mountain bike racers in history has now has an offspring that is in a different sport that is potentially going to be that level. You know what I mean? That, that's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So I can I can understand like football players, same sport, whatever. But to be in a totally different sport and to be that great at it also is pretty cool. I mean that's. Why Obviously, again, uh, why again? Did you did you do Loretta's when he raced and Eli raced? Were you is that too old before your time? No, the year John won a title was the first year I did, like the last year that I did not go. I was there for all of Eli Eli's titles, but not John's. I mean, that must have been crazy. Yeah, they I can't even yeah. believe that. No, he's a like, good dude. That's gnarly. Yeah, John Tomac won a title at Loretta's. Like that's so crazy. All right. Um... Barsha? Where, where were we? Barsha, Baggett. Baggett can't Baggett can't keep I mean, you know what he's doing and we talk about it every week is putting the putting the pressure on halfway through the race. Uh at Texas, you know, Eli was gone. Um this weekend on a track that he dominated at last year. He he's just he's got no room for error. He's gotta get better starts. Right? I mean yeah, well, for sure. It starts of gotta like, get gotta be better than that. But like, like he just can't um, he can't rely on chupacabra time all the time. It's just not gonna work. Well, I think I think you know Jeff Jeff alluded to this, and I don't know if that's the case, but it it was interesting. Um, where this weekend the pace seemed like it was a little bit higher, maybe, and. He may have got a little bit flustered that he couldn't just chupacabra everyone, and did that lead to mistakes? Right. You know, he got got a little bit uh, caught off guard that you know he wasn't just catching everybody like crazy, which he has every time. So, mm-hmm. um, did he get rattled and then then all the mistakes? So I don't know. It's interesting to see where it goes from here because I feel like Barsha has elevated his game from what we saw earlier in the year, where. Wasn't real sure if he he was going to win a moto, and now you know he's won two out of the last four. Mm-hmm. But uh, if, and but, obviously, as Wagan has stated, his starts are incredible. So, but if I'm if I'm a Barsha fan club member, I'm a little worried that it's been two races in a row, second motos, that he hasn't been able to make it happen, despite being up there. Like, you know, he he kind of lost the tail this weekend in High Point, and same thing with Lakewood. Like he was right there. Looking to go one one and and by the end he wasn't there, so is he a little tired? Is it you know what is it because he's been there 
put himself in position to go 1-1 and hasn't been able to close the, close the deal the last two weeks. Yeah, and don't forget that the first moto at Thunder Valley, which he won, uh, Roxon was right there until Roxon tipped over. Yeah. Um, so Roxon easily could have won that moto, even though he's completely sucking. He was right there in contention to win a race. Even, <laughs> even though, though he, he should go back horrible. home. He should go back home. Yeah, pack it up. Right. Yeah. Like Dusty Um I kind of feel like with Barsha, and I know no one, everyone thinks this is crazy when I say this because he's known as the guy who revs it and scrubs it and is aggressive and is bam bam. But I feel like Barsha's strength outdoors has never been raw speed. There have just been races where he just wasn't super fast. I mean, he's never, even though his reputation would tell you he is, he's never been Damon Bradshaw, James Stewart, winner crash. He's always the fastest guy, but then he could throw it away. Sometimes he seems to me to just be a hair off speed-wise. He's closer this year than obviously last year when it was really rough. But I feel like sometimes he doesn't have the speed to, to close the deal. Like he can get the lead, and sometimes he can hold it. Mm-hmm. But those guys were just going faster than him in the second motos the last two weeks. Right. That's all. Yeah, if I'm, a, if I'm sitting there with the other fan club presidents, I'm a little worried, you know. But, again, it's, it's splitting hairs, just like with the Roxon thing. But you know what's interesting? The average start for Baggett has been a 7.4, and the average start for Eli has been an 11. So Eli's clearly had the worst starting position of the big four. He talked about that you guys, quite a bit in the press Do you guys conference. feel that, um, that Jeff Stan has been – is that a mental – uh, change, you know, uh, just a strategy type deal. I know, I know I've used that word a few times, but uh, I, I feel like that may be the hand of Stan telling him, if you're not feeling it, this moto, you don't have to win every moto. You know, be, just be there. Be top three. If you don't, if you can't, if you're going to crash out because of it, well, save it. Funny you know that, what I mean? Funny that you say that. Now, uh, Jeff Stanton is the fucking man. There's no doubt. I'm a big Stanton fan. But anyways... Interesting that the owner of Geico, Jeff Myshack, told me this at Hangtown, that he, they went through the record books the last, I don't know, three, four, five years. The average finish to win the title has been a 3.1. That's If you finish 3.1 average finish, you will win the title. That's, that's the closest anybody could get. And that's their goal, 3.1, which means podium, every moto. That's the goal. And that's what they've told to Justin. And I imagine they told Eli, I don't know, but they've told Justin that, and that's maybe what he's doing. JT, you could be right. Three it just po- seems like that. 3.1, Yeah, you, you can almost see it. He, he's not willing to get caught up in people's drama. If someone if Baggett runs him wide, he doesn't go for the kill. Um, 3.1. I, I just see it. I, I watch him pretty closely, and I see that the decision-making is different now than it used to be. 3.1. So do you think then that the, the, the raw speed thing we're seeing is just a willingness for when Bag is in third, he's going to say, all right, I got a 50-50 shot of pulling this off. I'm going to take that chance. And Tomac kind of even did a little bit this weekend. And Barsha's just, I'm not going to take, I'm going to play the other hand. Is that more, as opposed to a difference in skill or speed? Well, raw, raw speed is great. There, there's no substitute for it. Um, but at some point, being the fastest guy is going to bite you. That's just that's why you're the fastest guy. Ask you're taking you're taking the chances. You're doing things people aren't to go faster. Ask Timmy. Uh, <laughs> but I mean that that's ask James Stewart. Being the fastest guy comes with consequences at some point. 
So, um, you know, is, is it always worth taking the chances to be the fastest guy every moto? Sometimes you're just not feeling it. Sometimes you're at your limit, and you know, you know, if you push, you know, if you if you can't win this moto, you just can't win it. And if you try to win it, you're going to crash. So, um, I just feel like there's a lot more big picture, big picture looking going on from the Barsha camp this year. Maybe. Whatever Stanton says, bro, do that. Yeah. For what it's worth, I talked to Baggett after the race, and he said that you know, he's battling the Barsha, and then when he saw Tomek had caught them, he's like, well, that's it. I'm going full nuclear. I'm just going, I think he used the commando as the term he used. I'm going full nuclear commando on it. And just so he took his underwear off, what yeah. you're telling me. Balls out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to wear underwear. I need to be as light, lean, and mean as possible. And he crashed three times in three laps. So, and he admitted that, like, that's because he was just going nuts. He's I, like, man, when I crashed the first time, I was like, I'm going to have to go even faster now to get him back. <laughs> that always works. Um, the He likes the Chupacabra name, so I'm surprised he didn't drop that. No, he was on DMXS and said he's tired of it. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? Really? Yeah. And then I was on DMXS and I said, well, that doesn't, it's not really his. Yeah. He doesn't get to make that call. Right. I'm tired of it. I hope we lose it myself. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um. So okay, so we're all going with Baggett still. We like Baggett's. Uh, he's uh, he's seven points up on Barsha. We're all still on the Baggett train for the title. I'm on it, but <laughs> you it's could hard get to, <laughs> it's it's hard to be like sold. I mean, right. there's so much you know, so much variance in that class right now. Of who's every weekend? I feel like you could leave saying, "Oh, yeah. yep, it's it's Baggett time." Oh, this weekend. Oh, yep, look at Tomac. He's coming on. You I, know actually, what I mean, it's just uh, like every weekend. I wrote you that. Change your mind. I wrote so. that in my column that's coming out tomorrow. Um, same thing. Every weekend I'm leaving the track going, I got the new guy. I know who's going to win it. And then it doesn't seem to work out. You know, like you really don't know. And that's awesome. These four guys have been, it's been really cool to see these guys. Yeah, it's great racing. I mean, we haven't had, I mean, we, obviously we had a battle last year, but mm-hmm. I, legitimately you always hear this oh, anybody can win. And, it, you know, we go in the race. We don't know who's going to win. I mean, we legitimately have that, and we haven't. Yeah. You know, with Supercross, we had it. But outdoors, we haven't had that much lately, so yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. No, I hope, hopefully they all stay healthy and uh, pull it together. Uh, Ivan Tedesco, 7-10. Is this more what we expected? I mean, you know, this kind of stuff got Kenny Watson very upset at me, but, you know, it's kind of what I was saying where he was going to finish, and then he got fourth at Hangtown, and it was on, and – I'm an idiot, but maybe kind of where he belongs. I think seven is pretty, pretty close. You know, yeah, five yeah. to five to ten. Yeah, I know that's not saying much, but as, I, I feel like he's more seventh place than he is tenth place. It was awesome to see Will Hahn up there this weekend, but I do feel like Marvin Musquin is by himself in that fifth place. Kind of. Yeah, I think is. he's proven that. Yeah, he's proven that. You guys hear that sound in the background? My dog choking? No? No, I didn't hear it. No. He just stopped, but he was choking. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> now I hear it. Yakking on a bone. That Fred? That's Fred, actually. Yeah, good call, JT. It yeah. is Fred. Yeah. yeah. Fred's choking. Um, We'll just keep on going. Nothing distracts me. All right. Um, So, I feel that to say that Tedesco, to, to talk trash and say, like, now it's on Tedesco's fourth, that's, you know, that's a deep class. 
Yeah. And there are kids that are really going for it, like a Will Hahn type, you know, that really want it bad. Right. You know, so you're really, to me, almost disrespecting these young guys and how good they are and how bad they want to succeed. Um, to just say that Tedesco is going to walk right back in there and be fifth every week. I mean, that's a tall order. There's a lot of good guys in there. And that class, you know, it's always like, if you read MXA, they always want to bag on the young guys don't try hard enough. But, dude, who can you say in that class is not riding their balls off? Like, look at those motos. The dudes are trying hard. Martin Davalos. So, whoa. Where was he? Out. Two He's weeks in a row. Concussion. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, what about um, Mr. Jinx? Been pretty solid, I think. That's <laughs> that's my nickname I've given Jesse Nelson, by the way. Mr. Jinx. <laughs> Jinx. Thank <laughs> uh, you that here on the Race Review Podcast. Mr. Jinx. Because the, the family cat in Meet the Parents. Right? Has no thumbs, yeah. Yeah, has no thumbs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Jinx. <laughs> Uh, if no, Chupacabra it, can stick, Mr. Jinx can damn sure Mr. Stick. Jinx. We could do that. He, uh, oh, I dare you to whoop that one out like that. You'll have I, the, I think I'm going to have to get permission ahead of time for that. you have the ALCU and everybody on you. Well, I was going to say, are thumbs... <laughs> Al Sharpton, you name it. Do thumbs count as that? Like, is that... Can we, yeah, it's can we make jokes, or is that, no, is that making fun of a physical disability? Well, you can make jokes, and I, I think that's all right, but that's a, yeah, that's a physical disability that could get you in trouble. I'm short. That's a physical disability. People bag on me all day about it. Yeah, good point. Um, Mr. Jinx has been really good. I'm, I'm, I think he's been great. Yeah, twelfth uh, in the points, and uh, he's up and down motos, but kid's good, no doubt. He's been pretty solid. I mean, for a rookie, never raced anything before. I mean, he's not fast enough to win, but he's he's kind of there every moto. Well, not only not you fast know, hovering around that tenth place spot. Not only not fast enough to win, had no idea he was doing nationals until about two weeks before. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like just practicing yeah. for Loretta's and just doing the amateur thing, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, kid. And I found out today, actually, he's good. Did you guys think Cole Sealy was coming back at some point? Yeah, I thought he was. No, he's not. Like halfway or something? No, he's not. He's done. For the whole nationals? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and I talked to Tyler Keith today, and I said, mm-hmm. so what's going to happen when Sealy comes back? Like, you're going to have three bikes? Because obviously you wouldn't sit Nelson, Mr. Jinx. And he's like, no, Seeley's done. He's not coming back. And I'm like, oh. He's like, yeah, dude, everybody knows that. And I'm like, I don't think everybody knows that. No. Yeah. Right. I had no idea. I mean, it wasn't right. You know, a huge priority for me to know that, but right, I, right. I assumed he was. You weren't laying awake at night going, is Cole Seeley coming back? <laughs> is he going to just drift, no, his, drift his car I, all summer? I know summer. his surgery wouldn't like stuff. It was pretty serious. Right. So, um, you know, maybe. Let me ask you guys this. Does anybody have Mookie fever? Hey, it was he was there. on my fantasy team, and I think I died of Mookie fever. <laughs> I think it, it killed me. But it was there for a few laps. You saw it. It was. You could feel it. No, it was there, but, man, that guy. I out. mean, he's hitting the ground hard and quite often, but unlike in Supercross, where I feel like what was the thing missing in Supercross was not the results. It was those moments of, Holy crap! Is he going fast? And I yeah. think we only saw it one time. New Orleans. What was that? New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. We've seen it several times. Like the first moto for four or five laps, he might have been the fastest guy out there. Didn't he go from like eighth to fourth? Past Muskin, yep. pulled away from he Tomac. He was falling. Yeah. Um, and then but I, I mean, never, but that was it. <clears throat> um, yeah, there was a holy crap moment at New Orleans at 
with, with when you saw Mookie there, and then there was a lot of holy crap moments after the race. <laughs> that oh, in moment. New Orleans, yeah. yeah, in New Orleans. But yeah. <laughs> is there a guy? He was super solid at Colorado, though. He was. I mean, solid. Six no eight. No problem. Six eight or yeah. or, or eight. Eight six. six or, yeah. Yeah. He got sixth overall, I think. Right. Yeah. So, so like. Is there a guy who's having a rougher year than him? Maybe his teammate, P.J. Larson? I think there's a number 66 bike that is having a hell of a time out yeah, there. Yeah, 66 could, is also struggling. Um, is there anybody but that you talent, can think of? Talent-wise versus result-wise, yes, I, I would agree. That's a good good one to match up against anybody as far as having a rough go at it. Right? Like, not – I would put Mookie as the biggest – disappointment of the year and he crashed hard in that first moto so i did think that he was really going to be a meal ticket for that team to right. to really establish themselves i agree but it hasn't played out that way no no doubt is big james still changing his team shirts in between motos doesn't need to right uh, now i don't know i saw him i saw him i don't know all i ever see is those blue blue headphone more they're, they're not headphones they're like earplugs that's all i ever yeah, uh, someone broke the news that he was changing shirts in between motos. Might have been Ping. Impressive. Yeah, he was doing that, but I didn't pay attention this weekend. Um, he also has a hat custom made with a thirty-seven on one side and a seven on the other. You seen that? No, I didn't. No. Yeah, he had it on in uh, at at the race in Freestone. Hmm. Texas. Yeah. Texas, um. Sorry. Guys, one thing about the Stewart kids, though, you cannot say that you you love them or hate them, and most people are one or the other. Those dudes can take hits. <laughs> they both have that. Like they will get. Up hey, they're good that. too. They're, those guys are not scared to go for it, dude. Exactly. I mean, they're like if you just well, obviously they've been having problems and crashing and everything, but if just straight up speed, those two have they have it in spades. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, nuts, nuts. Um, don't look now. Dakota Tedder. Dakota Tedder. He solid, right? He just may be a rider yet. 17 14. 11 points. Yep. He'd only gotten Yeah, I watched f- yeah. I watched him the whole second moto and uh he needs to get a little bit better shape, but oh. he's riding great, man. I was impressed. If he if he was in 10% better shape where he could just hold it the last, you know, 5 laps. Mm-hmm. Man, he he could really do something. No, he's not going to win races or yeah, yeah, get a yeah. factory ride or do anything. But man, from where he's come from, it's impressive. Um, you want to move on from there? I got a couple of four fifty guys I want to bring up. Anybody? Anything else in the two fifty class? Well, I got uh, nothing. I don't know. Do I have anything? I don't think so. Uh, Bonapol and Cunningham were kind of in their own battle all day. Yeah. What is going Cunningham, on? Cunningham doesn't really have the speed I expected. Anybody else? No, no, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what he's going on. His mom hasn't emailed me in a while, but he's not riding bad. It's just I don't know. No. He should have this crazy blinding speed. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't yeah. seen it. He's been injured. He um he had a big crash in practice again. I went over there to see, hey, how's that ankle doing? And he's like, it's terrible. But I actually just ate shit a few minutes ago, and my hands all jacked up. I got to go over to the Astros truck. So it might be one of those years. Yeah. Something nagging every week. And Swanepoel, nobody talks about Swanepoel. Nobody talks about He got stuck in the Swanepoel. gate, didn't he? First moto, yeah. 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 And he did okay. Like, he got uh, 14th out of it? 
Yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, 15th. Yeah, 15th. 15th. Uh, the biggest I'm... problem is with, with Swanepoel is he's a great rider. I mean, he's a, he's an older guy, too. I've been racing after a long time. But just super, super cross is everything in America. You know what I mean? It's just he's never going to get the, the act, you know, all the, the press and everything until, you know, I know he had that one fourth place, but mm-hmm. until he can make some noise in Supercross, you're never going to never gonna hear a lot about him. This is a guy who won a moto last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 450 class, uh, before we wrap this thing up, what is going on with Kyle Regal? What is happening? Talked to him before the second moto because I saw he got like 24th in the first moto. And, uh, you know, I did some testing with him and stuff just because we're obviously the same, you know, performance company. But, um, man, I'm just like, Regal, what are you doing? Like, are you serious right now? Right. You're, you got 24th? I mean, you are capable of getting top 10, even top 5, every time. You're that good. Like, what are you doing out here? And he just, he's, <laughs> he's honestly so frustrated with himself that I don't think he can see his way out of it right now. Yeah, I interviewed him after the race, and I said, listen, you're better than this. Come on. And he was like, yeah, yeah, after Red, after Bud's Creek, I'm changing my program up, and you'll see a new Kyle Regal. I think he used himself in the third person. And you're going to see a new Kyle Regal, and, uh, you know, and I'm like, do we need to bring Mark back or Jim Lewis? And he's like, nope, nope. So, well, again, those are your guys, JGR. Yeah, and, um, hey, it's uh, testing, the, you know, it's hard to find tracks to replicate how rough they are, but. You know, I mean, I'm, there is definitely an element of truth to that, but it's an element that everybody's dealing with, and somehow, yeah, they don't all get subpar results. Hey, um, one, one thing I wonder about him—he did have a huge injury that it was in the off season, so nobody knew about it. But I mean, he had a broken broke his leg, leg right? I think back in what November. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember right. Aaron Hansel emails. I think it was in yeah. December, actually. I mean. So he's kind of coming back from an injury that no one knows that he really had, if that makes any sense. Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, taking a, some steam out of him. That was a long time ago, though. But, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, Supercross was not good either. I mean, that's not his deal necessarily. But right. he hasn't had a good race since then. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. And then uh, the other guy I want to talk about was another rider close to JGR's heart, um, Justin Brayton. Not good. It's not turning the corner here. Last week we thought he turned the corner, didn't we? Has not turned the corner. Yeah. What's going on? Didn't he start? He started like third in the first moto. Yeah. And yeah. just got dropped. Sad. Yeah. Um, what do you think, JT? What's your opinion on that? I don't know. I'm scratching my head just uh, thinking about what to say about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I've heard. I've heard an opinion from someone who would know more than me that he doesn't think that he's gelling with the bike very well. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I expected more. I'm sure he expected more. I'm sure everyone he, you know, expected more. I, did, did he break up with say. his chick? Does he have a huge raging cocaine problem? Like what? I don't think so. I think he just, uh, I think he came in a little underprepared for outdoors. Yeah, like I feel like I did too, and uh, just playing a huge catch-up game right now. Well, his his excuse would be that he was trying to get second in the points. JT, what would what would yours be? I was just trying to get in the race. 
<laughs> I admire that. But it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. Man's got to have a goal. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else about uh, Mount Morris? Millsaps. Millsaps is back this weekend. That, that went pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, I thought his first moto was really good, and he was just like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, okay, forget it. Fine. I won't, I won't try to give you credit. And I asked him what Yogi did, how Yogi helps him, and he said, with nothing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Very telling. Yogi was standing right there, then we all laughed, but. He was in a he was in that kind of a deal all day. Like I, I said, What's your status here? Are you good to go? And he goes, What do you mean my status? I'm I'm clearly married, aren't I? I just had a kid. Sorry to disappoint you, bro, but I am married. <laughs> You're like, like, Yeah, okay. That's it, dude. I wanted to pork you. Yeah, I'm like, all right, but the injury, man, and, the, and I couldn't get I couldn't ever get like usually with him, you like he like razzes you three or four times and on the fourth time he'll be come serious and actually finally answer the question. Uh-huh. Could not get to that point. Like I could have it would have been nineteen straight jokes. Yeah, Without an answer. yeah. I said, "Hey, can I do an interview with you?" And he said, "With me?" And I go, "Yeah." And he's like, "What do you want to talk to me about?" So yeah, you're right. Well, again, it was just he was on he was on that day. I guess he was auditioning for a comedy club maybe later. In I don't know. It was bizarre. I just couldn't get an answer out of him. Yeah. And I basically took the no news as he must be okay news. Right. Uh, he was okay. Hey. I mean, considering the injuries, pretty crazy about his dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, just crashing yeah, a street bike? That's a bummer. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. on a street bike and having a baby and that having your dad the same week, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Saw Coy Gibbs one time all day when he was leaving the track, and I said, what's up? And he said, I hate this place. And he kept walking. <laughs> so. Hey, how cool are the JGR guys? Yeah. Those guys are cool. Well, you don't got to sell us on that. Wygant eats for well, free on Mondays. I mean, even, yeah, even though I ride for him, I really didn't know Coy very well, and I've just been talking to him a little bit more and a little bit more. That's pretty cool. I like I like riding for those guys. It's funny, like in the sport, but guys like, and I don't know DeCosta that well, but whenever I've I sat next to him on a couple of flights, uh, and I've interviewed him here and there, the and I, so DeCosta, Mitch Payton, who I know well, Coy Gibbs, who I know well, Larry Brooks, again I know well, these guys that are huge parts of the sport, that are running huge operations, and have a lot to lose are some of the most candid, nicest guys you can get out there. And there's some douchebags that run teams that suck balls compared to those teams, and they act like they're curing cancer. I always am amazed by that. Well, I feel like it's one of those things where if you're good and everyone knows you're good, you don't, you don't have to act good. Everyone already knows it. Yeah, you know maybe, I mean? but, I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, why can't can you get a better interview than Mitch Payton and Roger DeCoster and maybe even uh, Coy? Coy interview skills are pretty polished, but as far as just being like laid back and cool, he's running this multi-million dollar operation. Yeah, cool wise, he's there. <clears throat> interview wise, I'm, yeah, people would be surprised. You would think that Roger DeCoster is like like an intimidating type, or or Mitch for sure. But yeah, they are the most candid guy. Like. They're probably the last guys you could possibly ask a question that they would feel is out of line or. Like, you feel more comfortable asking them tough questions yes. than you do other people, which yes. you think would be the opposite. But I think that just comes with the territory of they have nothing to fear. Like, they're never going to get in trouble. Well, that's like, what JT, that's, what's J, that's what JT's point is, I guess. Yeah. Right, JT, you're just like, what are you going to do? It's Roger DeCosta. Yeah, like, is, is, is Stefan Everett going to call Roger and be like, <laughs> I read this interview you did, and what you said was wrong, <laughs> you're suspended? Like, what is he worried about? Right. But I can and tell they, you... 
His own ball. I can tell you from watching Chad and the transformation he's kind of made, honesty, being honest, will win you more fans than anything else you can do. Yeah. I really, I really feel like that. Absolutely. If you get your butt kicked and you're honest about it, or if you kick everybody's butt and you're honest about that, that's gonna that's what people want to see. They don't want to see they don't want to see a robot. They don't want to see the politically correct right answer. They want to see how you really feel. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah, just tell it how it is. I mean, Corey, you'll go into Corey's truck. He'll be playing a video game, and then he'll tell you, you know, oh, check this level out, Mathis. That I'm and like you're just like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> what is happening? You know, and J Bone's running things, and I just yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. The JGR guys from Johnny. Sean, Ulo, Dean Baker, Spencer. I haven't seen Spencer around for a while. Does he still work there? Yeah, he's in front of the races. He was there as a so they need a, need a title sponsor to get him to all the races. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. All those guys. Uh, the mechanics, Pat and Ben, they're all great guys. Every one of them. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, JT. Um, and, it's, and, this, and it sucks to see what's going on with them with the Stewart thing. And, you know, and, you know they come out of the gate with Summy and Hanson. That was a disaster, and then they pick up Cody Cooper, who who um, was killing it on a Suzuki, and he that was a disaster. Brayton was good. James was a disaster. Millsaps, one good, one eh. And there was a one point where Millsaps was honestly maybe off the team the first year. So, like, I don't know if it's them. I don't think it's them, but they haven't had the best of luck with riders. And God, have we seen some substitute guys come through there? I think yep. everyone. I mean, it's definitely been a rocky road. I, I'm. I applaud that they're they're uh, them sticking the course, though. Yes. I mean, they're. Yes. You know, you don't. When you talk to them, you don't see them with their heads down. Just you know, oh, this sucks. We're quitting. You know, it's just like, well, let's just get after it. Let's get somebody else. Let's get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. they're cool like that. I think that's everyone's fear. Like <clears throat> they don't have to do this. You know, it's not. You know, Honda has to race. Kawasaki has to race. You kind of have to. You know, if Corey ever Yamaha felt like not doing it, he. What's that? Don't tell Yamaha well, that. Yeah, that's right. But there's a. The only thing that's making them race is because Corey wants to race, right? I mean, they don't have any. You know, it's not necessarily a business thing. It could potentially be. I think everyone always fears because everyone likes these guys. I think every other team, other teams like them. I think that's everybody in fear is like, oh, man, if they do bad, don't tell me that they're not going to keep doing this. Right. They want these guys around. They're cool. But do you, they're easy to work with. Hey, but do you, you know? remember when they came in, they're going to take over. They're going to take yep. over. They can do any, that NASCAR shop. They can do yep. anything. They're going to build a space shuttle that will <laughs> sit on top of the truck, and it will space shuttle to the moon for intermission to get some cheese. It's going to be awesome. I might have made that last think, part up, but I think people that are they're, the the industry real insiders, I don't think buy into anything um, that's against the norm until it completely proves itself otherwise. Right. I feel like that was what the outsider perspective was. Like they're bringing in, they're going to be sponsored by Outback Steakhouse, and they're going to have billions of dollars, and they're just going to buy James Stewart. This is not this year. This was four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if he went to other team managers and other teams, I think they just had raised eyebrows the whole time. I agree. Yeah, and now that yeah. it's maybe not working out the way <laughs> some people thought, they're like, hey, yeah, check us out. Yeah. Japanese rule. The Japan, you know, us, we yeah. rule the Japanese How's, company. 
company's rule. How's your shop in Charlotte where we're in California working? You know what I mean? Like right. they haven't yet proven yep. that their model model. It seems awesome, and it seems like it should work. And and here's where JT cuts in with if they were on another brand of bike, <laughs> <laughs> right? JT, that's that's your stance. Well, I don't know. That's that's a debatable point. I mean, is it my opinion? Possibly, but. I think it's I, so. I, don't know. I think I mean, it's so typical of this industry that when JT, when you came out with that criticism of that bike, and I was speaking to Larry Brooks, and he was at L and M, and I'm like, hey, you know, people say this about the bike, and I'm, you know, just just doing a casual podcast conversation. And he's like, who said that? And I'm like, well, JT said that. You know, Jason Thomas. Well, what, what has he ever ridden? Has he ever ridden one? Has he raced one? Well, I don't know, Larry. Well, I, I, trust me, I and now. Dude, that bike sucks. I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, it's so typically. I mean, it's not. And I'm not bagging on Brooks. That's how a lot of people are. That's just what happens, you know. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm older now. I don't, you know, the dream of me getting a factory ride is obviously long gone. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to appease anyone or, you know, whatever. If I if I see a bike that's not very good and I think it's the reason people are doing bad, I'm going to say it. But a bike that's great and it's helping people maybe you know do better than they would be on a different bike i'm going to say that too remember so. when osterman almost hired you for a yamaha troy i do yeah i'm an Osterman that was man your, for life <laughs> that was your big shot that was it. it was well honestly it was but and i was making a lot of money at that time i was probably making like i don't know 250 grand or more 300 grand maybe at that time like all in uh-huh. and like the deal the deal that they were going to give me and like I kind of figured out what I could make and what I, man, it wasn't even close. There was oh, really? Like, no way. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't going to work. Okay. Uh, whatever. But I, I was pumped. That's only, that's the only like factory backed deal what, other than the Husky deal that what, I've ever been what, what approached mean, with. So. I mean, the I subway, pumped. the subway thing wasn't from subway corporation. And... <laughs> well, I, I mean, we had, we got Honda hooked stuff. We got crazy amounts of stuff from Honda, but you know what I mean when I say yeah. factory backed. Like, oh, I know. We'd have had, like, full bike and everything, so. Uh, all right, anything else? Why can't? It's been a long show. I think If we're not good by now. Right. Yeah. JT, thank you. Jason Wygant, thank you for doing the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. Always a good time. We will uh, reconvene next week, and we will determine whether we have JT on or Ping on. So, just want to let you know, JT, it's all Wygant's call. All right, no worries. This whole being in the race thing, that's a, that's a nice little hook you got going there. It's a great idea. <laughs> Good job. Nice little. Yeah, nice well, little I, you've got going. You know, it came down to the concy, but, hey, <laughs> it, was all about the, it was all about the podcast. I knew I had to make it happen. I hear, and I hear in the, in the concy you were racing with a couple of ex-brand athletes. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, all right. Bright, <laughs> I really don't. Bright, Tyler Bright, and uh, Seth Rarick. Okay. Yeah, I know Tyler Bright is. I didn't know who the other guy was. But <laughs> it was an X brand cool. sandwich with JT in the middle. Yeah. All right. And with, with that my Smith optics on. And with that we'll end it. Thanks, guys. All, All right, right. See you see again. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than two hundred episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.